previously on You Watched It Wrong. Is there any kind of pattern that's emerging from the movies that we're choosing? Sometimes we do these movies that are hard to interpret, that might need some explanation. Those enigmas that might have caused someone to watch it wrong and wonder what was the right way to watch it. But then I remembered the original criteria. The whole reason we started this was the movies that I, Siggy, saw and just needed to talk about with Wade. It's a sled, he's dead, the box contains his wife's head, Vader's his father, they're allergic to water, she's his sister and her daughter. Hi, everybody. How you doing today? This is Wade. This is Siggy, and you're listening to You Watched It Wrong, the podcast where we are going to talk about two movies today because one of them's on our minds, one of them's in the theaters, and they're both uh, co-written by a dude. I've been thinking about doing Lamb for a long time. just so happens that this movie, Lamb, directed by Valdemir Johansson and co-written by him, also co-written by this screenwriter and novelist, poet, so, so, et cetera, et cetera, by the name of Shone. Shone is also the co-screenwriter on a movie that's currently in theaters right now, co-written and directed by Robert Eggers, known as The Northman. Robert Eggers isn't known as the Northman. It's, he is now. He titled his movie that. That's what. Just want to clarify. We figured you might as well talk about both of them now. So let's do it. Um, let's do it. First, Lamb. Okay. Came out last year. So, Siggy, as I said in our award show episode last month or two months ago, I found Lamb to be very beautiful and very well made. It was pretty high up on my list. He's yeah. a four-star out of five-star movie. But here's my problem, and okay. I need some help. And this is what this podcast is all about, discussing the movies that have stuck with us and things that wriggle in our brains. Um, wriggle like a little lamb. I'll get into the majority of what I liked and, and all that stuff about it, but right now my thing is I get where they're going. I get where it's come from. I get where they went. I'm not certain what we're supposed to take from the movie. (laughs) Why the hell are we watching this movie? Uh, That's my only thing. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that I think a lot of the movie, um, and I have tried to actively avoid um, reading up on any articles. I usually dive into all that stuff. Like, what did the director think? What did the director think? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. This time I didn't do it because I wanted to talk it out with you. And... And uh, not bring anyone else into that's this. That's not even a pun. That was like very sincere. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Moment. But I would, I would imagine, being that this is an Icelandic movie by an Icelandic director, I would imagine there's probably a lot of like cultural and folklore iconography baked into it that I just don't, I'm not privy to, in my upbringing. So I'm sure there's a disconnect there that's feeding this, but as enthralled and entranced as I was with this movie, I was left feeling like I don't know really what I'm supposed to, I don't even know what I think, let alone what I'm supposed to take from this movie when it's over. What, what was your experience? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, um, I, I, I wasn't super 
into this movie. You know, I I was thinking of the Howard Hawks saying that a good movie has three great scenes and zero bad ones, something like that. Oh. I'm like, hmm. Like, I don't know if this. I don't think this movie had any bad scenes, but I think the no. best scene involved a bunch of sheep just kind of looking around. <laughs> That was an amazing scene. I mean, <laughs> I hate to call you open your movie with a with a off screen yet terrifying and gra- still felt graphic rape scene of a animal. That I hate the fact that I give a four star movie that begins that way. <laughs> but um, that sheep is an amazing actress. I that sheep is one of the best performances. It, I've it's seen. good sheep work. <laughs> good sheep work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Okay. So in case you haven't seen it or can't remember, couple have um, uh, a sheep farm. They're shepherds. Um, and they don't seem to do any of the other farming other than raising sheep and growing grass for sheep. Right. Maintaining their pasture. And... Um, in this remote, idyllic, well, cold... But idyllic, like, Icelandic valley. Yeah, like eternal yeah. sweater weather, but not so cold that you right. don't just leave your front door hanging open, apparently, right. which kind of bothered me every time they did it. <laughs> um, I'm like, you know, you're wearing those thick wool socks all the time. Like, maybe... You shut a door or two. <laughs> yeah. Like, how about some energy conservation out here? Um yeah, it's this couple who uh, not real talk, not big talkers, not real, right? Not the chattiest bunch. Um, uh, she's kind of like Icelandic Rooney Mara. He's kind of like Icelandic John Ritter, <laughs> or even Jason Ritter. Really, I mean that's no- Naomi Rapace, right from Prometheus, right? That's her. Well, I haven't seen Prometheus. No, um, don't. <laughs> I know how you feel about it. Um, oh. She's uh, she's well. Uh, she's is the Icelandic Rooney Mara, and that she is the original oh. girl with the dragon tattoo. That's right. Um, yeah. uh, which I guess is Norwegian, not Icelandic. But I'm sure there's some movie where she eats an entire pie on the kitchen floor. That's in one shot. I'm sure. There I think is. she. I think like she has probably recreated most moments from <laughs> Rooney Mara's career. Right. Um, or and I do look at her and I go, Is that Rooney Mara? No, that's Naomi. Ray. Anyway, um, they have uh, their farmers, um, Mm -hmm. apparently subsistence farmers. I don't know. Well, no, they can't live entirely off of sheep. They must be selling the stuff. You never see them go to market or prepare to do the market. They seem to have like the most leisurely farm life, I can imagine. Right. It doesn't necessarily give them pleasure, but it certainly isn't strenuous. It's just all consuming. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of like farmers I have known. Like they look a little more weathered. Um, <laughs> maybe there's just no not as much sun beating down on you in this valley right. in, in in Iceland. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, that just seemed like had kind of comfortable lives for farmers. Anyway. So you didn't buy them as farmers off the bat. I, you know, I didn't. I, it didn't strike me that like, oh, this uh, director, he grew up on a farm. Like, I really didn't feel like he. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't 
gleaning a lot of lived experience in the, the all the farming stuff. Anyway, you know, the weird the weird thing is, I grew up across from a pasture. I grew up in farmland, and I never I didn't have any of those thoughts actually. Okay, weirdly, 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 I was not getting a vibe of lived experience or authenticity. Authenticity was not authenticity. like coming off the screen at right. me uh, in this movie. That's not really okay. a criticism. It's just like you know, right. the whole thing. It is, is going of, more for a fairy tale vibe than anything else. Yeah, I mean it's fine. Um, they help birth a bunch of sheep. Well, uh, except, but this one, this one, when they birth this one sheep, they're immediately like, whoa, we got to raise this sheep like a baby. Um, and wordlessly too. They don't, yeah, we don't hear any discussion. Yeah. Not a lot of, they're both like immediately on the same page. We got to get our old cradle out of storage um, and wrap this lamb up in a blanket and 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 have it in our bedroom. Now this, th- I know you're talking story right now, but this was an I thought pretty interesting in the sense that they don't show us the baby, the lamb. When they the only time they show us the lamb is when it's wrapped up in a blanket and you just see its head. Yeah. So you yeah. don't see what they see, and it continues to do that for a long time. For I think at least ten to f- maybe even fifteen minutes, or, or more of the movie. It's a long time. They go through the movie uh, coyly, not showing you, but w- what it is that they've or what what's extraordinary about this that they felt the need to treat it differently. Um, and um, yeah, and if it weren't but, like for the one line description everybody used for this movie, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Except I totally knew because. The first, like, the tenth word I ever knew about this movie is half sheep, half human baby. <laughs> I avoided all of that stuff. I didn't see a trailer. I didn't, I didn't, nothing. And, um, but I had that thought in my head because I was like, what else could it be? Yeah. Right? And what I thought was interesting <laughs> is that it was both, I, I found it both frustrating and brilliant. It's almost as if they, like, normalized it in our brain first before they revealed it right that it's it just was a, like that it's just a lamb yeah they, yeah they normalize it said well they're putting it in a crib so it's probably a hybrid human baby right it's got to be that so then when you see the little baby hands grab the railing uh human hand grab the railing and stuff like that and then later when they run out to when it's run away and they pick it up and you see the naked baby butt yeah. that they're holding and then and then by that time you've it's not a shock because you've already figured thought, well, this is obviously what it is. It almost, it's very Republican in that way. They did to normalize it to where when they finally reveal they've done this, we're not really that shocked. Um, kind of brilliant in a way. Um, otherwise I might've laughed it off the screen. You know what I mean? They really dial that dance, that line of like being re- so ridiculous, but uh, they have a concept that's so ridiculous you could totally reject it, but I never rejected it. I so here's it, the thing, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, sure. Okay, so the, the brother shows up. He's like, "This right. is an abomination," but then his it he his his heart suddenly is softened, and now he accepts it as a human too. It's like it's an animal, or as a fan. Yeah, you know, this is an animal you're living with. This is all fucked up. Like, okay, I love it too. So when when they pull the the cradle out of storage out of the barn 
this disused cradle. Like, why do they have a disused cradle? Oh, they must have had a, you know, a baby that died or yeah. a, a miscarriage. They were expecting, and there was a miscarriage, or they had a baby and, and the baby died. And then this is all confirmed when they're naming this lamb Ada, and then they visit the gravesite of Ada. Um, it's like, oh, they even gave it the same name. I'm like, okay. So watching this movie, I'm like, okay, this either is actually a half-human, half-sheep creature of some kind, um, or it's just a lamb that they're seeing as a human. Right. You know? And I, it, it could have been read either way. Like, this lamb doesn't talk. Um, my favorite single detail of the entire movie is that when they're talking to the lamb and the lamb looks very attentive and listening, it'll just go, eh. <laughs> it doesn't bleat. It's, just, it's, it's, it's more like a, huh. Right. It's more like a, huh, kind of sound. And like you only hear it like two or three times the entire movie. Otherwise, it's just, you know, seems to be appreciating the attention <laughs> and uh, maybe even comprehending what they're saying, although it's hard to tell. It's like a toddler, you know, right. um, but a very quiet toddler. Talk. Mm-hmm. You can tell why. They oh, love I would have yeah, yeah, longed for such a toddler. Yeah, you know why they love this baby because it's so well behaved. Um, and this could all be in their head. You could read it. You could totally watch it either way, and it works. Until the Except dog for the first scene. dies. The first, I never, I never thought. I actually, I see what you're saying. I never thought though that it was in their heads because of the first scene. Oh yeah, you go ahead. The first scene. Well, you hear. I mean, the first scene. You, the bunch of horses get the slow tracking shot over snow. And a and you hear footsteps. You hear human, humanoid footsteps walking, and a bunch of horses moving. Then you hear some rattling. Then you hear like you hear a grunting, yeah, kind of. That quite seems growling. like a forcible, you know, this and then the the, the forcible what? Here, what sounds like forcible intercourse happening, and then a sheep comes out. See, I didn't know, like hear that and, and say, "Oh, that's." It wasn't until she came out and the the you came out and fell over, yeah, you know, exhausted, um, that I thought that's what was happening. That what it had happened. Okay. Yeah. So like I, I I never had that thought, but now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, that could have totally been part of it. I mean that 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 it could it, well, theoretically be it all in their heads. And the other thing I kept thinking of is um, when when the brother shows up, and it becomes more and more clear the whole time that he's like making moves on Numi Rapace. Petter. Peter, 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 P-E-T-U-R. Pet, yes. Um, and and they, they even allude that they had a like a relationship in the past. Like they'd been together before. Yeah. Right. And so like, okay, I was already thinking uh, Maria. Maria and Ingvar are the farmers. And right. then Peter shows up. So Peter shows up being in a trunk of his bandmate's car. Yeah. <laughs> and dumped in the wilderness. Yeah. He, so you're like, okay, what did this guy He pissed them do? off somehow. We don't know how. <laughs> um, but that should be telling because they spent a lot of time setting that up of him being dumped off in the road. And so, like, they spent a lot of time. Uh, what do you mean, a lot of time? Isn't it just one shot? I felt like it. No, no, no. It was a, lo- it was a sequence. And then later when they show his music video, you realize you see all the people in the car and you're like, oh, that's the people that yeah. dumped him off. 
Um, yeah, and she throws his phone too. Yeah. Um, so I was already thinking, like, okay, is Ingvar sh- fucking these sheep? Like, <laughs> is this about <laughs> right? You know, um, is this like that Oliver Platt joke from <laughs> Funny Bones? Funny Bones, a movie I hated. I know you hate it. I always think of you and that movie together. They're inseparable in my head. You fuck one sheep. Um, And then it's like, oh, well, maybe Ingvar, like, he seems pretty kind of, like, are we supposed to be getting a, is there, you know, is there like a fecundity issue here or a virility issue here? Fascinating. You know? And I never thought about any of this stuff. Was That's Peter like actually the father of the original Ada? Uh, you know, all this stuff's going through my head, and like, and like, okay, and so this whole their interaction with this lamb is all through this lens, and it's like a second chance. It's like their time machine. They can go. It's their chance to go back in time and relive their their original daughter. So they're going to reuse the name and everything. And so all of us would, I would be like, well, this could be like, this could all just be psychological. This could all just be how they're treating this lamb until the dog dies. I'm like, oh, I guess it's all really happening for sure. Because what else <laughs> killed this dog? <laughs> so you were going down one path, and then suddenly the movie goes, whoa, no. Well, I no, was going down one path. So I was like, that, no, yeah. this this movie works either way. This could be mm-hmm. this could be right. them just dealing with the real lamb, this could be an actual half lamb, half baby that nobody is questioning because they just needed a, they needed to replace Ada so badly. I, 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 I always kind of hate those moments when you've got it in your head that the movie is purposely asking a question. Is it this or this? Is it this or this? And then at some arbitrary moment, it goes, nope, it's definitely this one. And you're like, oh, the whole deliciousness of this was, is it, is it, is it this or that? Yeah. And then now, now I've realized that I've fabricated that this or that, and you were going this way the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so because it seems arbitrary that the dog dies, and you're like, oh, okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I... I'm really lost. I'm like, what? What's the point of the dog dying? Like, from a storytelling perspective, like, what's accomplished by that development? A spoiler alert: uh, the creature <laughs> from the end comes comes in and back and kills the dog, yeah, right? A- but what was he doing there? Just checking in? I don't know. Okay, so here, here, here's, here's my thought. In broad daylight, too, although there doesn't seem to be much alternative uh, in the summer here. <laughs> right, exactly. They don't even draw so, their curtains when they're trying to take a nap. Uh, <laughs> well, who's around? No one's around. But it's like except, daylight except in, in the middle of the night. In, indie rock bands that, like, dumping off their yeah. the co-workers they're, they're pissed off at. But I'd be getting some um, blackout curtains for sure if I wanted to get any yeah. sleep. You're right. Wait a second. They live in Iceland and they don't have blackout curtains. Yeah. They don't even know what make... curtains they have. They're like, oh, yeah, sun's shining in my face while I'm trying to take a nap at 10 o'clock at night. Sure. I'm, I'm curious Icelandic. then. I'm curious then. Does the. Uh, do Icelanders just. That's just. They're so accustomed to it, they don't need it. Maybe that's just the deal. Like, hey, that's a deal with living here. Yeah, yeah. maybe. 
Because I remember insomnia, they had in insomnia they had pull curtains, but that's not Iceland. Well, he's also developing so, photographs. I mean, you got to. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um, but here, here's the thing. So when I when I started the movie, what I gravitated to, why I liked the movie and was drawn to it, was when Ada is born, and they both look at it and whatever, and they kind of start doing the thing. I suddenly I was like, oh, this movie is about animal husbandry. This is about the cruelty of separating a animal's babies from them. Well, it is about that. Right. That and border. I go, I go. Yeah. No, thank you for bringing that up. Because like that was my, because I have myself, I've always had this, like, at my core, discomfort. If like you go to get a puppy from like someone has a dog has a litter and you just take the children right you just take yeah. this mother's child and I'm just going to go away not only from the mother but from his siblings from all this other stuff I remember when we first got when we got one puppy I just was like so just I I couldn't stand that idea at like age 4 or 5 and so when I think of like people who raise animals as a profession as that their vocation they're doing this all the time either for meat or wool or sheep or sell commerce i'm going to go sell these things at market mm-hmm. and like blah, blah and like and like the the inherent cruelty of that that is just taken for well that they're just animals and so people get really upset with me when i say and I'm going to take the dog for a walk. I'm like, I'm going to go take my slave for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. But you know what? You're not entirely wrong, really. You know, You've got it on a leash. That You're controlling yeah. where she it can go. She wants to go outside all go. day, and I don't let her go outside. When right on a walk, she wants to go talk to other dogs. Like, nope, you don't get to talk nope. to that dog. <laughs> you yeah. go or I go when I say, yeah. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> it's messed up. And so, um, you know, I I completely understand leash laws and I understand control your dog and stuff like that. But like, I also understand never wanting to put your dog on a leash because you're like, he's, if he's part of my family, if he or she is part of my family, I'm not going to put one of my family members on a goddamn leash, you know? So I, I thought, great, this movie is exploring this inherent cruelty and, and then the, the, the human people who have lost a a child are now taking this sheep's child for theirs. And I go, oh, okay, this is really fascinating. Now, you remember that for you, you brought it up earlier, the thing about time travel going back in time. Yeah. What's the first line of dialogue in this movie? After like 20 minutes of like no dialogue or 17 minutes or something. Yeah. What's the first line of dialogue? Yeah, they say they developed time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get whiplash? Yeah. I'm looking at nothing but like like near Amish level like <laughs> you know just just a mountain and a tractor and a field and like, you know, no curtains on the windows and just barely painted trim and then the first line of dialogue goes they say they invented time travel i'm like what but then i realized later in the the form of a hot tub that's a exactly it's like you know silicon chip resistors have really been a a huge boon to the economic you know but now i realize that 
Um, oh, they're uh, mining an obtainium from Pandora now. You know, once they figured out teleportation between Saturn and Venus, it was really, it's been really impactful to our sheep business. <laughs> um, um, but um, that's an incredibly important line, as ridiculous as it was. <laughs> it's an incredibly important line because later it keys you into, that's what this is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's regret of what they lost and that this is an opportunity to go back. And have what they lost, as insane as that is. Um, well, they're only half right, because only half of it is human. <laughs> um, well, that's what happens if, uh, while you get into the time machine, a, a, a lamb accidentally climbs in with you. Right. Unobserved. How, how does Brundle sheep eat? <laughs> so, yeah. So, for me, watching this movie, I wasn't really thinking about the hybrid human aspect of everything i was just thinking about loss and husbandry and the the cruelty that's inflicted on others by trying to heal yourself right and the jealous rage that overcomes some people who when when mama sheep wants her lamb like yeah i'm I'm gonna snuff you (laughs) i'm not i can't take the competition I have to say, as awful as it was, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when she murders that sheep. Yeah. because it's, Or even when she just yells at it angrily, like, you're not taking me my chance for healing when, one, it's completely batshit. Yeah. And two, that's her daughter. Right. You're taking. You yeah. know? There's no and empathy like, there. And, and there's, there's no empathy. There's no, like, I lost a daughter, too. I know... Uh, oh my God! What am I doing? I am literally death to her. Also, like, not gonna shear that sheep or get the meat, or you know, like, you are a farmer, but you're gonna waste this. No, just bullet in the brain. Yeah, just and dump it in and a her dump it in a hole. Dragging that thing out is so cruel. She's pretty wiry under that sweater. Rooney Mara, eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> eat your pie out, Rooney Mara. Eat your, eat your Oh, maybe poor choice of words. Um, but yeah, I mean, really effective. And I'm like, okay, so now I know exactly what the story is about and where it's going. Brother Lee, the the, the interesting thing of, of her like pushing out the brother, like tricking him into thinking that she's uh, kissing him and advocating that okay, we're gonna we're gonna get back together, and then no, put him on a bus to get out of there. I'm curious about that what that was a that, pretty good, you know, in like in basketball when you're playing defense and Oh yeah. He broke an, she broke ankles. They're, they're pulling the chair out, they call it. You let them lean yeah, yeah, into yeah. you and then you just like step yeah. back and then they fall. Mm. Like, That's pretty sweet. You make them think that they're they're getting what they want and like, whoop, pretty smooth. She's she had to done that before. She's she's done that before. Yeah, That's, as a mother murdering asshole that I had to give her props for that. <laughs> a good move so let's get to the end the end is she's dealing with peter peter she's shipping him out casting saying you're not gonna destroy my family and you're gonna go yeah ingvar is out even though you're the hot one even though you're the hot one who is definitely not fucking my sheep (laughs) 
Because you weren't here when it happened. Also, you're not going to tell. I can't have risk you telling your brother that I killed this sheep for some reason. And I, and I did appreciate that the one time, because this is what I feel like parenting is like. The one time that you let your guard down and just have fun for a one goddamn second, shit goes awry. Hmm. Like you just can't. You can't let your guard down and have fun. It's just not something a parent can do because then things go awry. Um, so I did appreciate that. But the next day, she's taking him out to the bus, which why would a bus come out there? And then uh, Ada and Ingvar go out on the tractor that breaks down, right? Yeah. It runs out of gas or something. I can't remember. Uh, and as they're walking, sure enough, they encounter Mr. Adult Goat uh, Sheep Hybrid Man. You know, Papa. Papa Pan. That's Papa a, Pan. That's a goat. Shows um, up with the shotgun that so deliciously disappeared in that one shot uh, earlier in the movie. What? What do you mean? What? What shot? Because the the you see Peter grab the shotgun off off the wall. It's like hanging on a hook over a door frame, a doorway, and he goes takes Ada out, and it goes back, and okay. Ada ends up running in there to get it or something at some point, I think. And when Ada runs into the barn, you see it's after the dog has been killed. You see it's gone. It's not on the rack anymore. Ah, I missed that. So the when the when the when Papa Pan came in to, and killed the dog, he took the shotgun. Okay, let's call him so, Sheep Shanks. Sheep Shanks. Okay, Sheep Shanks. Papa Sheep Shanks. Even though he might have human shanks, I don't remember. <laughs> he did have human shanks, unless you're talking about four shanks are the back legs, right? Yeah. Then he didn't have he didn't have Sheep Shanks. Was he swinging pipe? I don't remember. He was swinging some pipe. Okay. I think he was. I usually notice these things. I know you do. <laughs> they were more butt centric. They were cheek centric on him. It's not anyway. The, it's the, more the, like the, sheep the, from the waist up and human from the. But wait, didn't he have like the he, kind of legs that bent the weird way? No, I don't think so. Okay. He 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 basically had what what Ada had, which was like an, a human arm and then I think a goat arm. Oh, sheep. He might have had two human uh, sheep arms. He might have had two human arms. I don't know to hold that shotgun well. I thought they were two human arms. I don't know. He definitely had two human legs, but he just like further, kind of went down. But he, you know, he he did his. Um, he had leg day a lot. That that was for sure. I mean, he's got to climb that mountain. Oh yeah, he's got all that pipe to swing. I mean, he's got. He's, he's got to. Okay, I'm gonna. So did lamb guy. <laughs> Have don't Google that. That's what don't Google, Google that. that right no, he now. did. Okay. Um, which also made me think he's oh, got to be human cold. Human penis sheep balls. Okay. Makes sense. He's got to be cold. I mean, that's... his that's why he's so grumpy. Well, his physical... Yeah, exactly. His physical makeup was not made to live in the, no, in the, in the uh, uh, mountains there. He should... He should he should be wearing pants just because it's he's got to be cold. I mean, he should at minimum like in the spring shear his back <laughs> and then make himself some jodhpurs or something. Yeah, he should probably make himself some jodhpurs or something. You're right. Um it, so okay, so the ending as I said, um you know, he goes out 
Ingvar is murdered by Papa Sheepshanks. Yeah. And Ada's taken away. It and seems like a parallel of Maria killing Mama Sheep. Right. Papa right. saying, it's, uh-uh, nope. Is it seems it feels feels like a tit for tat in that moment, and then she comes out, finds him dead, mourns, and that's the end. So, my question doesn't that I seem, have she doesn't seem that upset. She doesn't seem that upset. <laughs> she's um, taking it rather well. <laughs> well, you know, in a way, she's used to it. Um, here's 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 my thought. I'm trying to see if my my Christian upbringing has programmed me to see things in a punitive, you know, tit for tat kind of thing. Okay. And if that's the incorrect way to be looking at the story because part of me is going it's it's the animal husbandry, it's the cruelty of animal husbandry being cruelty of animal husbandry being inflicted back on you and going, okay, see? And by husbandry, like. you mean fucking the sheep. No, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I mean keeping animals. I know. I, I and know taking their babies. Right. I don't um, think we're actually but, supposed to think he fathered right. this Ada. Yeah. But we're trying to get clicks, and sheep fucking is going to totally do it. <laughs> so, but then the, the, the thought is... Talking about sheep fucking A, Wade. Just talking. Right, talking just, about just, We're only talking about it. We're just talking. We're just talking. Remember Bob's old joke, Bob Conrad? Which one? Uh, so I was talking to this prostitute the other day. What? I was only <laughs> talking to her. Anyway, she says that'll cost $300. <laughs> I love that joke. I forgot about it. I love that joke so much. Good one, Bob. Hey Bob. Um, so uh, the what was I saying? The but then but then you think about it and you go, no, wait a second. And this may again show some deep unpleasant side of myself. But the beginning shows that this hybrid man, uh, 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 sheep hybrid person, comes in and rapes the sheep. So the part of me then goes, well, no, wait a second. It could if, be if consensual. Go- we don't know. We don't know the. We don't know. The, well, from from the way they shoot everything, and the they focus on the fear in the eyes of all the sheep around it. Okay. I mean, it's hard. The scene is not. They shot can't to lift be taken their eyebrows like dogs and horses can. So we don't. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to read emotions. <laughs> off the sheet. Are they all going? <laughs> They're not all. Hey, what? What? <laughs> say no more. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. It's it's shot in a way that I don't think you could perceive it to be anything. No, you're else. right. You're right. Um, it is the best direction in the movie. Yeah, it's an incredible scene that I hate, that I hate complimenting. But it really is, because um, I, you know, again, I, my stated position is, I, I think that assault should be in sexual assault should be part of the conversation and it shouldn't be shied away from. At the same time, I'm incredibly discomfort. I'm incredibly uncomfortable with it being part of entertainment. You know, because it's the least entertaining thing you can possibly imagine. So, anyway, um, but. Um, 
so then now we're trying to think so wait we, we would think to ourselves that this is a movie about nature taking back its own reclaiming what has been stolen from it but then you go well how natural was that birth in the first place uh... not to say that that justifies what the human couple did but i'm just saying it's hard to reconcile what it, the the theory that mother nature don't don't mess with mother nature the cruelty that you've inflicted on it will come back to you and will take it away when it's a hybrid sheep man raping a sheep and then coming to take the the the, the hybrid sheep man never came back to check on the you right uh, yeah. on the mother of the child I, it just wanted its kid I like any other yeah. feudal society you know what i mean yeah 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 no, right. It wasn't back for vengeance. I, on I don't. What to the mom. I don't feel like this is a movie with a lesson. You well, know? I guess so. I guess that's right. And you know, and my Christian upbringing makes me think it should be. The, and that's what's bothering me. Uh, the, the the scene where they're watching the movie and they're like, uh, they don't hear the dialogue, and they like, what did what did she just say? And like, I didn't catch it. Something about a folktale, right? I think right. I think that's like this is like a barely heard folktale that and folktales don't usually have like a straight point to them right Well I I guess I'm I guess I'm mistaking a folktale for a fairy tale which is a fairy tale is like a lesson they're trying to impart Is it though? Like don't Like don't go into the woods with strange people who offer candy, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. But you know, because like, you'll get put in an oven and eaten. Snow White, like what is it? Like what's the lesson of Snow White? Don't be more beautiful than a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're. I guess you're right. Yeah, it's like, hey, sometimes some fucked up, scary, scary shit happens, kids. Good night. <laughs> but that that that's it. Because if you're a filmmaker and you want to tell a story. If you want it, if you're going out on a limb like this, or a lamb, if you're going out on a limb like this to do something that could very well get you laughed out of the theater, then you have something specific you really need to say. And other than just presenting folklore, like, uh, it's just a, it's a vibe. I don't know. It's a vibe. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean. Maybe, maybe what I'm having trouble reconciling is that because I I don't think it's incomplete. You know what I mean? I don't think the movie is like cut short, but I'm just really confused on. Maybe I'm just confused on how I'm taking it because I don't know what. Like, what do I take from this? What what lesson do I part and or 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 what issue do I chew on? You know what I mean? Now. Which, to me, the lesson I chew on is the same lesson I thought of at the very beginning of the movie with, oh, we keep animals and we completely steal their children from them every day. And this is going on all over the world. Yeah. Every hour oh, of every day. Yeah, I don't feel like this is a movie that's judging their shepherding at all. <laughs> See, I did. You did. I don't I, think the movie is, though. No, well, no, but I, I, that's how I was taking the movie. And maybe that's why I was kind of floundering in the end, because it felt like a tit for tat, like you 
you take children from their parents. Now I'm going to kill you and take your, you killed. But that's the thing is that the, like, do we just take the universe kind of setting things straight? Yeah. But because the, I don't think the Papa Shanks didn't give two shits about the you. If that was it, though, the then they wouldn't. It would. They wouldn't be putting the lamb in a cradle. I mean, you know, like usually that kind of animal husbandry is a very like cold, right? Cold kind of cruelty. Like I'm taking you away so I can either butcher you or sell you, not so that right. I can love you as my own, you know, and then become jealous of you of your attachment to, <laughs> to right. this lamb, which is why she kills her. Right. And then when you watch at the end when Ada's walking away in her little overalls with a naked hybrid sheep guy, she looks terrified. Like she does not want to go with this person, no. it seems. Yeah. So like no, everything scared. seems she just saw her dad get killed. Nothing yes, yeah, you saw her dad get killed. Yeah. She, nothing seems right at the end of this. No. You know? It's scary. But it's also it's like, like what's the right I mean, will she, you know, I don't, I don't think it's for nothing that like immediately preceding this. So immediate that it felt like it should have been set up sooner is when he's telling Ada, Ingvar's telling Ada, like, how do you know your way home? Like the mountain will be behind you. And now she's being led into the mountain by, by the, the creature in this world that is most like her, (laughs) right? you know, to, to what's her new home. Um, and you know, and that's pretty amazing. Really. That's, um, yeah. It, I mean, that's, that's just a amazing thing to think about. He's telling her that, and then she's led away to yeah. what ostensibly, if you were looking at like fair nature, that would be her home. The exact opposite of what Ingvar just told her, but yeah. what Ingvar is totally committed to, we, we love you. We're raising a home. This is, this is what it is. Yeah. Right. It's fascinating. Um, Go find the other magical, half sheep, half human creatures. I don't, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the the detail that bothered me that like why is this happening this way is when what happens. So when Papa Pan first shows up, and what does he do? He like he hurts Ingvar in some way at first. I can't remember. Like maims him somehow. Right. Just like shows up and and then he kind of walks away and then he comes back and shoots him. Right. It's like, why do you walk away? Like, why did we get that? What's going on with that? It just like a weird beat. Yeah. You know? And it didn't seem like, oh, we're raising the suspense right now or I don't know. it It seemed completely unmotivated. Did they not show his face until that moment? It's been a while since I saw it. Maybe, but why does he have to? What's he, what's he going off to do? I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about it on a practical odd. level, you'd be like, "I'm here to get my child. I I, I hobble you. I got my child. Wait, that's not enough." And then go back. But you can justify it as an actor that way. But from a story point of view, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. And then it was just weird the way this, like, you'd think, like, this 
wild, savage creature like takes careful aim and lines up his sights <laughs> with the <laughs> rifle. There's, I don't know. Like this seems off. I don't know. I mean, that, that he was didn't always work for me. I didn't. I didn't yeah. get what I wasn't. The poetics of it weren't like ringing. And I'm glad you brought true. that up because that was what I was wanting to, wanting to say at the very beginning. The reason I want to talk to you about this is because, you know, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I think during our colossal episode, you brought up the poetics of the thing, and I, and I honestly think that's the first time I've ever heard that term applied to this sort of thing. Believe it or not. Oh. So I was like watching this movie, and I'm like, I got to get Siggy in, in on this because the poetics of this. I'm not sure if they're there and I'm not getting them or if they're all over the place. (laughs) So I took a poetry class in Mm -hmm. college. It might have been my freshman year. And um, the woman who taught it would talk about poems. Not poems. 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 And she wanted us to write a poem and uh, I forget, like, if it was a sonnet or, or what the form was. And we had the assignment, and so I wrote it. And it was called, like, Horrible Yet Fascinating Skin Condition or something. And it was <laughs> about a guy with, like, golden copper skin who, uh, but it was, like, incredibly painful and, like, uh, was killing him. Something like that. And I got one-on-one time with her, and she was like, I'd like you to rewrite this. This is has too strong of an idea. <laughs> you need to not start with the idea. You need to start with the poem. And I was like, what the fuck? And I dropped the course. <laughs> and I was like, listen here, lady. I'll have you know that. As a high schooler, I had a poetry that won a contest and was published in Scholastic Magazine or whatever it was, you know, the Illinois edition of... Do you know how many Al Bucks I got out of that Scholastic I got a $20 check from (laughs) (laughs) whatever, you know, I'm like... "Uh." I mean, usually I can see the the, the genius behind the crazy, but... how can you not start from the idea? No, she was totally right. I I I came to realize she was absolutely correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that I needed to try it her way, you know. And yeah. that's that, that's where I tell the story to my kids now is like when your teacher says something that doesn't make any sense, you have to try it their way. Even if you yeah. ul- oh, ultimately absolutely. decide it's wrong and you will never do it again or it's not right for you, you have to try it. Because Exactly. And it was from really getting into um to Leonard Cohen, where uh, mm. just like so much of his stuff is just about the form, you know, and he's so he, he's he's so committed to the form that it seems to sometimes compromise like his word choice. But like, it's got to nail the 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 meter absolutely correctly in the rhyme scheme. It has to be he ne- he'll never deviate from it, right? Um, it's just about finding the music in the words first. You know, and and prioritizing that, and not right. every piece of writing has to be like that, but some of them can be, and that can be, uh, you know, that that's a legitimate way of of expressing yourself. And I think if uh, I needed to try that out, is to just work on the music of the language more than expressing some, you know, 
my they might be giants ish quirky <laughs> concept <laughs> or whatever it is you know I was inspired by at the moment um uh, and you know and and so that lamb is to me like that it's like it's starting with the poem it's it's not trying to have like a big idea it's just i mean the idea is as small as a couple has tries to replace a child with a lamb i uh, yeah i think you're exactly right that's thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome and still i no, I, I think i liked the movie less than you <laughs> Yeah, that's no, not really I mean, a defense of it. That's just, um, I, 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 I think it really is that simple. And I don't know. I didn't get much. More I, I don't think. That. I don't think a movie needs to be more. But I think I needed this one to be more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was ready for the movie to be over. <laughs> <laughs> that was another reason why I wasn't so sure about doing it for this episode because I was like, do I really want to put Siggy through this? You know? I wanted to see it anyway. It was, I'd meant to. That's what, that's why it. I kind of went through it. Uh, my brother loves this movie. I haven't really talked to him too much about it, hmm. but um, I thought about having him guest on here, but I was like, no, I want to, I'll talk with him about that later. I want to, I want to hear what you think. <laughs> we can get to him. We'll get to him. He can wait. Um, <laughs> he's just blood. Family. Um, it completely is valid on its own, um, but yeah, I think I kind of need this to be to have a a little more insight into what it needed to be funneled into something. That's why I, I think that's what it was. Didn't have to necessarily have insight into the greater human condition, but just it needed to be funneled into something else, and I didn't get that. So, well, if you want to talk about a movie with a teaspoon of plot, <laughs> we could talk about the Northmen. We can talk about the Northmen. I I went and saw it with uh, with Floyd, uh, who's now fifteen years old. Oh, you saw it with Floyd? I did. So it was a father son thing. It was a father son thing. I said, "Hey, you want to go see the Northmen?" That's fitting. I said, "Yeah." Um, and uh, he couldn't believe how little story there was, how little plot there was in the two and a half hour movie. He's like, that movie could have been 20 minutes long. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It totally could have been. But that, I, liked, I liked it. I liked uh, The Northman a lot. Um, uh, more than him. Yeah, but sometimes it's not about the story. Oh, completely. Yeah. So what did you think of The Northman? What did I think about the Northmen? Well, I I didn't just like the I, I I liked the Northmen, but I had a lot of questions. Floyd's exactly right; he could have been twenty minutes, but I think it would have lost. Again, if you're only focused on story, yeah, it could be twenty minutes, whatever. But the real meat of the movie is not in the story. Um. Obviously, this movie's talking a lot about masculinity. Obviously, this movie's talking a lot about um, the bonds that we expect and slash think are there uh, because of our masculinity and because of the way we think the world works and stuff like that. Um, but I, I got antsy during the movie. Like, I, I wanted... I was sitting there too long. 
It and felt, I don't know if that was just me. It, you felt its length. Yeah. I really felt its it length. It felt and like a long movie. I hate having this criticism I'm going to bring up. Because I really, I do like Andrew Skarsgård as an actor. But I wasn't really digging him the whole time. No? Until, yeah, part of it was the fight choreography, which I was really, I, I credit him for doing. Absolutely, because he's there doing most of it, mm-hmm. if not all of it. But I guess because the movies I've seen in the past, I, it felt like a little too safe a choreography. Like it was just slowed down. It was slowed down. Like a, it almost felt amateurish. It did. It really, oh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Like it was just like waiting for the person to be ready and then... And it was all in service of doing these big, long, like one-shot deals. I still kind of liked it. But, I mean, I was glad it wasn't over-stylized. Like if it was... If you, I'd True. rather it would aired on in that direction than in trying to be like hyper stylized, modern looking. I mean, this is like, you know, these are not martial artists. These are, you right. know, these well, are brute I, force hack and slash fighters. I'm completely um, with you on that. But the timing often seemed, you're right. The timing often seemed a little off. Um, it didn't feel yeah. like, you know, like in Rashomon, what I love about Rashomon is they have that, they have that amazing choreographed fight, and then they have the next fight seen through the different eyes of them just fumbling all over themselves yeah, and not and scared and like not like uh, I don't know what they're doing right and like I love that and I love that might be my next movie pick for family movie what night. the Northman Rashomon not the- oh yeah oh cool no I do not see Seymour would not enjoy the Northman. No. She thought she wanted to go see it, but having seen it, I'm like, no, it's a good thing you didn't go. <laughs> you could break it down into half-hour chunks maybe and watch it that way. But <laughs> Carrie's a big fan of 300, but okay. I don't think she'd like the Northmen. No, they're different different animals. Exactly. Yeah, I like 300. Um, I still haven't seen 300. I hate its role in our culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like that would be my predominant takeaway yeah. from it. <laughs> but when I saw it when it was new, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I, I had a blast with 300. But what the Northman is saying, over, despite his technical prowess and amateurish fights, I think it was narratively important to have our hero be tied to the expectation of his prophecy mm-hmm. you know of like I'm going to kill him at this particular point when it's going to be night and I'm going to have him at this point and it's not time yet and then just to delay this out when oh my god you could have done this hours ago yeah. and I wouldn't be frustrated especially if you don't care if you live or die at the end of it yeah exactly you if you don't care if you live or die just freaking do it and be done with it He's right there. And like, <laughs> you could take him in a second and did not do it. You know, just be like, okay, we're just going to, okay, okay. And after a while, you're just like, but I think part of that design is to be frustrated with him. Right? I think that is part of the design. I think and the movie does not vindicate his choices. 
No, which not is at all. not a read everybody has in this movie, which is weird to me. Like he, quite like the Green Knight, doesn't isn't it? He clearly chooses the path of self destruction over the one where he gets to have hot tub parties with Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> Like is, is any is anyone supposed to think he made the right choice? Right. I don't yeah. know. And yet some people think that that's what the movie's saying. Well, because that's what, you know, I think Eggers is trying to say this is what people choose and should they really? And then people are like, "Well, yeah, that's totally what I choose." <laughs> You're exactly right. Well, he this said is, it was the right choice, so it must yeah, be the right choice. Exactly. Well, I will say this, and I'm going to challenge you on this, and I'm going to challenge you to convince me otherwise. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So I've only seen The Lighthouse and The Northman. Oh, you haven't seen The Vavitch? I've not seen The Vavitch. Okay. I've been wanting to see The Vavitch. It's been on my list for a long time. It's good. Some good goat work. (laughs) Some great goat acting in that movie. Oh, good. Well, good to hear. After seeing The Northman, and not disliking The Northman, but going, I don't need to see The Witch. Like, I'm yeah. I'm like going, I don't think I want to see it now. I'm good. So, of the three... I've seen enough Eggers. Of the three movies, The Northman is definitely... Comes in third for me. I love The Lighthouse. I like The, the Witch a lot. I liked the Northman. There are parts of it I loved, like parts of it I loved a lot. That the um, the five minute long scene of them going into berserk mode and transforming into wolves, like that's gonna I I that's gonna be my scene of the year. I don't know. I don't, it's gonna be hard to top that one for me. And just the fact that it I mean okay took its time with like this five minute like chant and dance. I I, I loved that scene. But but for what reason? For reason, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm going, "This is ridiculous," but that's the point, right? So the okay, so here the 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 whole movie is about: Do you want to be a beast or a human? Right. You know, that's what the 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 ceremony under the the under the underground ceremony, like the coming of age ritual. Right. Ethan Hawke takes him down. Says, "We're going to go to this thing where we're going to." Crawl around like dogs and act like dogs, right? And right. we have to make a choice whether we're going to act like wolves or like men. Can you become men again? And then in the berserker thing, in the berserker ritual, it's you will transform into wolves until you transform back into men. You until you tr- exactly right. As if it's just absolving you of everything you've done. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. And eventually, he's going to have to make a choice. Cruelty to enemies or kindness to kin. You can right. go and go off like a fucking animal and like make your right. number one priority is drawing blood and butchering people. Or <laughs> you can like try to make a life, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and like build something. Exactly. You know? Right. Like you can choose it. You can just go out and just like rape and pillage and destroy or you can actually try to do something constructive with your life and build something with love and happiness and and feelings and the pressures of of masculinity in in this society and the society we're in now uh to, 
to a lesser degree, but still to very much a degree, um, that tells you that the right choice is to choose the path of destruction. When clearly right. the happier choice, the healthier choice, the better choice for everyone, even your mother, as it turns out, um, is to go off and just like plant a birch forest somewhere and make babies with Olga. <laughs> right. You know? Now, you said her mother. This is really important. Now, now also with, with Olga of the birch forest, yeah. right? Anna Taylor-Joy. What's interesting to me about her role in this is that they bond, they hook up, they have a child and a future. Twins. That Twins, which then, you know, Andrew Skarsgård then, then realizes that in order to protect them, he's got to do the thing he, the, the only way he knows how to do, which is go back and kill, which weirdly in the world is not unreasonable. Like I, I, compl- I, I do think there's some logic to that, but clearly they could just go and be happy and probably never have any problems whatsoever. Yeah. And he's got to dive back into the foil. He's probably going to be hard to find. Yeah, I think so. I think Google's not going to be around for another couple of, you know, what, three or four years? He'll be fine. (laughs) I mean, hell, the the person that, you know, know, his uncle, who he hated terrible, he he didn't know where he was until he just passed some random camper at some point. He hadn't been tracking him. Um, Oh, there was a seer. Bjork. Bjork told him. To... That's that's wrong. Oh, I forgot that was Bjork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Olga presents herself as being There's someone definitely, who... definitely, definitely no, no logic to human behavior. That's the, that's what right. that's what Bjork's take on this movie is. Yeah, no logic to human behavior. No, completely. I think that's right. Olga's presented. She tells him, "I have the ability to manipulate people to do what they don't want to do." to my means. That's what I can do. And so you kind of wonder, you kind of like, like said, okay, why did she plainly state that? Yeah. You kind of, you're waiting for her to flex that. Exactly. And And then, and then she doesn't. And you're like, so was that just to make me distrustful of her or what? What was that for? Now, Nicole Kidman's part, I totally see why Nicole Kidman wanted to do this part. I totally do. It's kind of fascinating. But what is it actually saying in the context of this movie? Where she's like, like, like you said, she's just planting your seed and going with it. All right, we're doing that. But then when she's presented with her son and she informs him, she, well, she says, your Ethan Hawke was a piece of fucking shit who I didn't want to be with. Yeah, He was weak. He was terrible. He was awful. But then, and your brother, your uncle was actually kind of a great guy. But if you kill him, we can go off together. And you're like, like what the fuck? You know, so, so then you sit there and you go, okay, is she crazy? Is she just simply acknowledging that the world she's living in is crazy and she's trying to survive by any means she can? Yeah. You know, like it felt... Having Olga had stated that before and then her stating that, I kept going, okay, now what is, what is this actually saying about women in this world? <laughs> I mean, granted, you can, I mean, like we've, we've always talked about how like. 
I, I mean, um, I think they're saying women don't have a lot of choices. Uh, right. You know, I think that's one of the things they're saying. The that what's interesting is isn't her main criticism of Ethan Hawke War Raven was part of his name. Um, right. I I thought Ethan Hawke was really good in this movie. Um, I did too. Is that he had a thing for slaves and that she was a slave and that he plucked her out, but he wouldn't stop. Oh, I missed that. I thought when she pulled and she showed her scar, she was talking that she was a slave to his brother initially. But she, are you saying that she was saying that Ethan Hawke saw her as a slave? Yeah. She, she's like, he, yeah, he had, oh. he had an eye for slaves. Yeah. He like stole me from slavery and, but then decided to make me queen but never stopped seeing me as, as a slave. I, that's what I thought she was saying in her big scene, in her Oscar mm. clip. Not that mm. I don't think she'll get nominated, but you know, no, no, no. in her big, in her big moment, we're like, okay, here's Noah, here's Nicole Kidman getting to be, getting to do her stuff. She was really good in that scene. Um, oh, she was absolutely. And, and you see, that's the scene where she's like, "I this is probably why I want it." I'm assuming that's why she wanted to do that movie yeah. because of that. It scene. was a great scene. It's a great performance. It's a great scene. Yeah. Um, Flip the movie on its head. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, that's why they got Nicole Goodman. <laughs> this is the scene. <laughs> Here we go. Give it to me. Um, like, that's her criticism of Ethan Hawke, but her brother, new guy, new husband, like, is sneaking off into the night and trying to make <laughs> conjugal visits to... With slaves. Yeah, with slaves. And maybe, does she know about that or does she not know about that? Is it, you know, I don't know. That was an interesting moment yeah. yeah i don't know I, I i don't know she's just um what it says more than anything is that that amleth's whole like you know self-narrative of his life his his whole like heroic narrative of himself was wrong like he he had all these assumptions about what he was doing and who he was saving and what from right and he was all of it was wrong his whole quest is like based on bad premises and maybe he should just give this up and run off with Olga of yeah. the White Birch Forest and, and start your new life. Soak in a bathtub. Yeah. With Anya Taylor Joy. Doesn't why, that sound fun? Why wouldn't you want to do that? There was a lot to like in The Northman, but I really did feel its length and I really did feel its like. When I think of The Northman now, I think of sweaty under thighs. Because <laughs> that's what my thighs were. It's a grimy movie. Yeah. Yeah. My um, thighs were sweaty sitting in that seat. Just like, oh. Last night I was just watching um, For a Few Dollars More. Okay, that's a sweaty mm-hmm. movie. I I really felt like I had to take a shower after. <laughs> that's a... I'm not certain I've seen any of those movies. Like, oh, you never just seen Full of Dollars, the Full Fog. Huh. I, f- I feel like I probably did, but I don't really remember much of it. Interesting. I would recommend The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Good movie. I have them all on my list of stuff to see. Like Those are my blind spots. You can skip the other two. Oh, yeah? Fistful of Dollars? Well, and- Fistful of Dollars is just a a bad remake of Yojimbo. Okay. I mean, it's not bad, but if you've just watched Yojimbo, then A Fistful of Dollars is clearly inferior. <laughs> right, exactly. And then For a Few Dollars More, is Lee Van Cleep is great in a, For a Few Dollars More. Uh, he's also very good in the good, the bad, and the ugly. But he's awesome in for a few dollars more. If I, if you could wear guns at cosplay, which I suppose you can't wear replica 
pistols at a convention. <laughs> I hope not. He would totally be my cosplay. Except I couldn't do the nose. My head is shaped completely wrong. <laughs> you need that pointy kind of rat face. I'd love to do uh, Lee Van Cleef from Escape from New York, but it's just black shirt and pants. Like so I, really I know. He's great in that movie, movies. though. Yeah, you know, that, that office scene, because I'd never seen it growing up. I They edited that scene all out because... Kurt Russell says, I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. So they cut all that out. No, oh, they couldn't deal with the, just the bad words, huh? Or maybe it's like runtime. Or, or maybe just the anti-Americanism or whatever. But like oh. they just took it all out. And like now when I look at it, that's one of the best scenes. They, they have such a great scene in that. I love that scene so much. But yeah, it's like I'd cosplay as Bob Hawke any time, but I can't really do it. <laughs> no, have the frame, nor would anyone know what I was doing. And then once upon a time <laughs> in the West, like a lot of people, are like, well, this is the real masterpiece, and I don't, I didn't, I don't like that movie. I yeah, I haven't seen that one either. I don't, I don't care for that one. But then Charles Bronson, I have zero appreciation for Charles Bronson. <laughs> I've never enjoyed. I don't. I don't understand why he's on the screen. Right. <laughs> it's just one of those guys. Like, like, like for some reason, and that's the guy Sergio have... Leone kept wanting to cast, and they couldn't get him, and so he'd cast Clint Eastwood instead. You know. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like Clint Eastwood. I don't understand that at all. I totally get the charisma of Clint Eastwood. Charles Bronson just like just put a mannequin on screen. I don't know. <laughs> Like the deadest expression. Like I still need to. Dead um, I still need to uh, assemble and compile my. I watched it all by myself of the Dead Wish, Death Wish movie. Yeah, why did you put yourself through that? You, I did it for to, this show, and I still haven't put it out there yet. You, you now I feel like I have to watch them all again because oh, I did that two years ago. I will that. not do that again. No. I will certainly never, ever, 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 ever see Death Wish 2 again. That's like maybe the low point of my... that watch that one again. When you don't watch any of them again, Death Wish 2 will know. No, here, here's the that thing. That was the I one would that watch, most didn't get watched. I would watch... I might watch Death Wish, Death Wish 5, maybe Death Wish 4 again. But Death Wish 2 is like, that's probably the low point of my life, is watching Death Wish 2. I am not joking. Well, to find out why, we're going to have to <laughs> check out your miniseries. If I watched it all by myself. Well, you did ask if I would do it with you, and I flatly refused. <laughs> No, like life. I will is not too do that. Short. <laughs> exactly. I told that to my therapist that I was doing that, and she goes, "Yeah, we need to talk about your 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 movie intake <laughs> that might be contributing to all this that's going on." <laughs> you might have some kind of desire to inflict harm or <laughs> on yourself, on yourself of... only, really. Hmm. <laughs> Some kind of sad dream. No, some kind of... Again, I was just interested in like how these movies, which had been incredibly popular, 
like influence the things that decisions that Americans are making today? Well, I mean, they're like the second rate Dirty Harry movies, aren't they? Right, but they were like number one at the box office well, yeah, all the no, time. They were, yeah, they were big hits. every time. And you're like, really? I think even Death Wish Five even was number one at one point, which is just insane to me. Although Death Wish Five was the only one that was somewhat self-reflective on what it actually was, which I found, which I appreciated. I wouldn't mind doing Dirty Harry, which is the only one of those movies I've seen. Have you seen Dirty Harry? I have. The, it's really interesting that like Dirty Harry, Harry is celebrated. And Death Wish is kind of derided. It's okay. really interesting. My take on Dirty Harry is Dirty Harry is impotent. <laughs> and the whole movie is about how he's sexually frustrated because he can't get an erection. That's a great take. Boom! Which is interesting because I, the, the whenever I think of Dirty Harry, for some reason I think of like how much of a businessman Clint Eastwood was. In that he was suddenly started getting a bunch of fan letters from Asian women. So he went to the producers, and I can't remember which movie it was, if it was the second or third one, but he like he says we need to have a love scene with Clint with Dirty Harry and an Asian woman because that's what the fans are crying for, and he delivered <laughs> in one of those oh, movies. Okay. So at some point he he gains his potency because like there's all this stuff in Dirty Harry where like he's trying to find the you know whatever they call the Zodiac Killer in that movie um, uh-huh. and he's like keeps peeping into windows and seeing women in partial undress but then he'll like fall off the garbage can he's standing on like there's all this <laughs> stuff where like he's clearly uncomfortable right. with sexual situations and any time. And anytime there's any hint of, like, female allure, like, he's com- suddenly unnerved by it uh, hmm. in a really weird way. But then he, like, gets mad and goes and will slap a guy who's <laughs> trying to jump off a, a ledge and kill himself and, like, slap him in a right. really weird way. I don't know. And then he pulls out his big gun and shoots people. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'll, I, I'll never want to rewatch that movie. But I had a I was like watching this like oh, oh yeah, this is all about how he's scared of sex. He's scared of being alone with a woman because she'll find out that he can't get an erection. So that's why he carried that big gun. Yeah, that's that's his gun. that's his boner. Well, even Leslie Nielsen said as much in in Naked Gun, right? When they said, uh, "Well, that's why I carry a big gun." Aren't you afraid that your gun will go off? I do sometimes, but um, I just think about baseball. Yeah, I mean that's it's an obvious joke. Like right. the the it's big magnum joke. is a big is a phallic symbol. But there's right. all this other stuff in the movie about how how he's afraid of women, right. sexually. That's like does not have to be there at all. But has that has that been cloaked in like a masculine rejection of women? Like, ugh. it's like, like he doesn't as a know what positive to do. thing. <laughs> But he doesn't know what to do. I'm gonna have to watch that again and figure it out. And like, Which see would that, make the movie very range. relatable to me if I had seen it as when I was like 20 years old. I would have loved that movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I I love telling the story of um, 
the Dick and Butch sketch we came up with for for hot bunking. That's all you. I that's love. You. That's a that's a weight. But it's not all you because you you said you you gave the brilliant ending. Oh, there's an ending. Which okay. what? Uh, you remember the ending for hot bunking? Uh, clearly, I don't. At one point, something happens that's so drastic that Butch is killed. Okay. Like he dies. And so they're at the funeral for Butch. And they're in a submarine, right? So this is They're in a submarine. The premise of hot bunking, I'm going to cut all this out. But in case I don't, the premise for hot bunking is that in a submarine, you got 100, like say you got 100 crew members in 50 beds, and that 50 crew members are sleeping while 50 crew members are working. And then when their shifts are over, the 50 working crew members go in and sleep in those bunks. And the 50 sleeping crew get up and go to work. And so the, the beds never get cold. That's Because there's always someone sleeping in it. It's That's kind of like the coyote and the sheepdog. Uh, right. The pasture and clocking in and clocking out. Good night, Sam. Good night, yeah. Ralph. You know. And so the beds are always hot. So it's called hot bunking. And we both thought this is the perfect name for a Dick and Butch sketch. And say we so would we, just say hot swapping or hot seat. Right. Hot seat mode on... So yeah. we came up with a sketch where Dick and Butch worked on a submarine and they shared a bunk. So like Dick would be working when Butch was sleeping and vice versa. And so, but that we would show the the day in, day out of that to where they get in a cycle. And then if, say, Butch is working uh, on the deck, swabbing the deck of the, or whatever, on the submarine or whatever, you know, doing something. And then he like rests on his broom and falls asleep. Dick would wake up and start getting dressed for work. So they can't both be and awake then, at the same time. Yeah. And then someone would go in. Yeah. And then someone would yell at Butch and go, just some psychic connection, you know, yeah. somebody would yell at Butch, Hey, get back to work. And Butch would wake up and then Dick would fall down on the floor in the bathroom. Right. Just collapse like, like a Corsican brothers kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we could do a lot of physical comedy with fist fights, you know, with like someone getting knocked out and the other person waking up and then going into the fight and them getting knocked out and the other person waking up and, you know, and doing that stuff. And we do that back and forth, back and forth until, um, Butch is killed, like just straight up killed. He's dead. And they're having the funeral for Butch. And uh, uh, Dick... Aboard a submarine. Oh, uh, no, this is after. They've, they've, they've already docked. The they've already... They've docked. They're, they're, on the, they're on the coast. They're on the, like, like, you know, Santa Rosita State Park there. I think it's funnier if it's on the submarine. Yeah. Go on, continue. And so they're having the, they're having the funeral... And the admiral and the admiral's wife is there, and Dick, being uh, perennially afraid of women, as you always said he was, he makes a comment that is because he's afraid. He says something untoward, and the admiral punches him out, and then Dick's corpse bursts through the casket, is just sitting up straight. He's dead. But he still sits up straight, and then it quickly fades out with the end. I've always loved that. I don't know why, but I've always loved that, that ending so much. Ah, oh, the unrealized potential of Dick and Butch. Anyway, the Northman. 
The alternate where universe were we where that? all of those got made. <laughs> and we where, didn't uh, make any money. Bell, <laughs> belly gunners and doctor's visit. And dick showing. Dick, dick showing. That one was that the tightest a, structurally yeah. that we had. I love dick showing. That's such a great one. <laughs> and then I also really love uh, hiding the salami. <laughs> Though I think that's really only for me. <laughs> I think no one else would like that one. <sighs> so, uh, <laughs> where were we? So, you know who uh, hides some salami is uh, under a loincloth is Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> no, tell me about it. Again, I really like Alexander Skarsgård, Skarsgård, but like for some, I don't know. I just it uh, it wasn't until he was on the boat and realized he had a kid that his performance became alive for me. You didn't like all of his uh, growling and and roaring. I, I, I don't know. It just something didn't. I just saw. I just saw rehearsal. That's all I saw. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't blown away. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I thought it was. He's a good I, actor. I, good I physical really physical acting. You know, it's like the way he moved his body. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I've said all I got to say. There's lots of separate, lots of separate witch scenes in this movie. Separate witch just scenes, like, just, like Bjork and and. We just got else. a lot of. Oh right. Like a, a number of scenes of a, a witch or a priest giving a long long prophecy directly to the camera and a guy who i thought was brendan gleason but really was not brendan gleason the guy in the cave the guy that had william defoe's skull yeah i think he's called the he witch yeah the he Witch. that would have been a good masters of the universe character better than neck mecha neck or triclops skunk no sting <laughs> Stinkor. Stinkor. Very good. Is that hyphenated? Was it like stink hyphen or? They, I'm just going to say yes because they love their hyphens in Masters of the, yeah. Masters of the Universe. There was no either loved or it. about the stink. It was like stink definitely. No. Definitely stink. Yeah. Imagine. Those like the days. 80s. Toys being gross was a selling point. <laughs> Today, like toys being physical, not a selling point. Like, what's that? Mm-hmm. that a, right. No, I just want DLC. Just give me, give me the stinker DLC. I just want to skin my. Just give me the skin. I, I'm sorry. Can I do my impression of Billy Barty in the Masters of the Universe movie? Yes, please. Okay. This is in my head like all the time. I I just found this land boat. <laughs> uh, the most oh, viewed performance of his <laughs> brilliant career. <laughs> you know, he was better in UHF, but that's the line I'll always remember. And I don't think I got it totally right, but that's how I remember it. Gwildor, 
think of all the names I can't remember, but I can remember that that his character name was Gwildor <laughs> in Masters of the Universe. <laughs> it's all about when you learn it, folks. It's all about when you learn it. Totally. Uh, well, so um, I feel like I liked Lamb more than you liked Lamb, and you liked the Northmen more than I liked the Northmen. Sounds like it. Yeah. That sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm not, uh, I'm glad I saw The Northman. It was a, it was a, I wouldn't say it was a good time, but it was a good movie. Uh, and, and it, it took the time it needed, it, well, that it thought it needed. <laughs> but you do really feel it's yeah. like. Once he and, gets the it, sword, but, once he gets the knight sword, that stretch of the movie is a little long. He's got this whole plot right. where I will sow chaos among them. I didn't really care about what was going on for the most part. And I really wanted Olga to start showing some of this mind-breaking ability that she was saying. Right. Uh, and we didn't really see that. Like, she didn't really, other than rescuing him from his, like, crucifixion. And, and appealing to men's fear of periods. Other than yeah. that, when she's like just pulled up, he's like, "See, you don't want this, <laughs> right?" <laughs> I mean, that's it. Uh, so, like, yeah. yeah, I wanted a little more. I, you know, come to think of it, I wanted a little more of the limey kind of feel. You know, the limey's just pretty, pretty direct, and like uh, walk in, do what I want to do, and leave, and like tell him I'm coming. <laughs> And the Northman was like decidedly not that. What, what was uh, interesting and, about this stretch of the movie to me was that it becomes a horror movie where the good guy is the monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that's what that's what keeps me interested. That's what keeps me intrigued in in this because the plot, uh, the plot, and I take that back. The plotting was unsatisfying, but that aspect that you just pointed out—that's what keeps me engaged. Yeah. But it wasn't scary. So, like it, no, it needed to be more horrifying if we're going to do that. I don't know. Uh, I'm listening. Uh, I'm going to plug one of my favorite podcasts again with Gorley and Rust. Everyone should be a Patreon. Um, they just recently did Carrie, which I've never. I don't think I've actually seen. Oh, I don't think I've seen Carrie. Good movie. Um, and he, they pointed out that Why someone someone had and Carrie. <laughs> well, yeah. It, Brian it was a pre it was a precursor to Angley's Hulk. Yeah, precursor. To, yeah, <laughs> it was um, a Brian De Palma movie of the late seventies, early eighties. So it had split screen. <laughs> yeah, split screen. Um, th- this podcast prompted me to discuss with my brother. When did I see Body Double? Like, when did we see Body uh, Double? And I was ta- too my young when I saw Body Double. <laughs> my, bro- my brother said, I think I was about 13 or 14, yeah. which made you, and I go, yeah, like 9 or 10. And Todd watched Body Double a lot. <laughs> I loved that movie. And, yeah, but I was a, I was a probably a young teen when I saw it. Yeah, and it's it's wholly not appropriate. But we turned out fine, right? We turned out fine. Yeah, I had completely... Well-adjusted attitudes towards sex, and <laughs> yeah, I had very realistic expectations and knew how to act on them. Exactly. So, like, whew, like I, I look back and I go, "Why did I 
that was like a family rental. What the <laughs> what the hell? Um, but uh, anyway, l- l- talking about Carrie, um, they brought out the fact that uh, most movies have a monster, a hero, and a victim, or a victim, a hero, and a monster. And then in Carrie, right. Carrie, yeah, a victim, a hero, and a monster, and Carrie is all three of them. Hey, yeah, and I think it's very interesting. And so, well, the, the North mother Men, is really the monster, though, right? But she's also a victim in the sense of of the society at large, right? Of the like, mother is also a victim. Yeah, yeah, like 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 she's the monster too. But she's also became a monster because she was a victim well, of the society around her. Did you know? Yeah, right. It's true. Most monsters. She's decidedly not the hero. But no, I wasn't arguing that. Right. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the mother's all three. Stating my point. <laughs> but Carrie is all three. But uh, in in the Northmen, do you see him as all three? Uh. <laughs> I'm not, maybe you could say maybe you could say the monster, the victim, and the tell me what you think because this isn't my premise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I haven't bought into this yet. <laughs> in fact, I, I don't know. I don't know myself. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know myself. So I'm just talking. I'm, I brought up Carrie because of oh well, that's interesting because he our our hero is decidedly the monster in this scenario. I mean, he's not like a, he's a monster. Let me put it that way. I don't know. I don't think he's a monster because I mean, he's 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 targeting people with his vengeance. He frees he frees the slaves. You know, he's right. not he's not doing wanton destruction once he gets true. to true. Iceland. I mean, he is when he's in berserker mode, you know. Um, yeah. But like, once he's on his quest for vengeance, like he's he's discriminating with his vengeance. Whereas Carrie is is being more like a monster because she's just terrifying everybody in the room, right? She's not really right. Uh, she's just reacting to everybody. Yeah, she's just like pure rage at that moment. Um, uh. You gotta watch Carrie. Why are we talking about? You gotta watch Carrie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think monster's the right word. I think he's a tragic figure because he thinks he's doing something positive. He's doing something negative. I mean, it's you know, it's like just to like be as reductive as possible. Um, oh, this is what I wanted to get back to. He, you say he's he thought he's doing something positive. He's doing something negative. But then what does it say that the ravens appear presumably on Ethan Hawke's behalf? Or Odin's. What is that saying? Like those are, you know, the ravens are Odin's messengers in the mythology. Right. Yeah. Right. So what is that saying? Are they saying that Nicole Kidman is wrong and that Ethan Hawke wasn't the thing she said she was? I think it's... I, 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 I think it's... Like he is being aided by the gods, he does have a magic sword. <laughs> you That's <know>? true. <laughs> exactly. All of the prophecies come true to the letter. <laughs> exactly. Um, I you know I think like 
he is doing what the gods want. And I think that's all saying like, this was a cruel ass time. Like this was not, you know, like we should not want to go back to this time and this way of life because this way of <laughs> so life sucks. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. sucked. And you know, and it, like the gods like literally existing and supporting this cause is not to say that his cause is righteous is to say, the world in which these gods are operating is a fucked up world. Right. That's what it's saying to me. That, that's a good point. It's, like, it's not that it's righteous. It's that it's being supported. Yeah. Like that. Right. It's like yeah. the whole environment fosters and feeds this kind of self-destructive, destructive and self-destructive behavior. That's what it says right. to me. And to what end, if any. Yeah. And when he's given, when he's offered a different path, from from somebody not from there, you know, from someone from uh, Ruth, I guess. Um, Ruth's Chris, you know, not Ruth's. That <laughs> <laughs> is like you know, Joel. Was it Joel? No, it was Nate. Um, was saying how he feels sorry for. He wonders if people on um, May the Fourth, when people are making their May the Fourth be with you puns if people with lisps feel under attack. Yeah. And like, I, I thought, I wondered the same thing about the Northmen because <laughs> the title of this movie could be the Norsemen. Norse. Yeah, exactly. You know, what was I saying? And, you know, so, so from someone who is not a Norse woman or, uh, but, uh, but is a North woman, uh, offers a different way of life. He, he can't, he can't accept it, you know, yeah. and he totally should. Um, he should take that other path for her, for his kids, and for himself. For himself, like, dude, here's a chance to to grow a little. But it's entirely foreign. Let your mom be with that guy. That's who she. That's who she chose. Right. You know? That's who she chose. <laughs> she seems she's she's doing what she wants to do. Just let her be. You know. This guy doesn't know that you're Amleth. She said she's not going to tell him. Eh, you know, whatever. He doesn't seem like he's in that much of a position to chase after you. He's only got like 30 guys. And he just lost <laughs> half of them. Get out of the, here. The scene, the scene that keeps banging around in my head is the scene when you first see, and I forget his name, the the uncle who killed his father and Hamlet and his mother, when you first see him on his, you know, new farm that he's been, uh, had his kingdom stolen from and now he's, or taken from him and now he's kind of rebuilding on his farm and his son is going, why are we doing this? This is slave work. You remember he was trying to build this fence? Yeah. And he says, well, we have to do this because we have to show the slaves we can do this too. That seems kind of, it's kind of decent. <laughs> Yeah, he came off as decent. Like he was trying to put it in a way that made them feel like they were superior. But th what he was actually saying was decency <laughs> and self-actualization, you know? Yeah. And so part of me was like going, oh, my God, that's crazy. Like this is now I don't think I want him to be taken down. <laughs> At this point, and then but then again, then they do more things, and yeah, it's I mean, uh, he does it was, have very interesting. I mean, that's not cool. He does have slaves, and he does try to have his way with those slaves. 
But that was a very interesting first scene to see him after that. I like that it complicated him. Now, his the, his eldest son, who for some reason was not heir to being the tribe leader, hmm. but the, the swishy, you know, Ponzi guy who is villainous and, uh, you know, it, that seemed like a real retrograde kind of filmmaking where like, oh, yeah. the uh, I'm I'm a little flouncy. And so I'm the most despicable person here. Yeah. You know, the least empathetic and also the least manly, <laughs> you know, unlike Lamb, I was not tempted to say, well, this is just how Amleth sees him because he despises him. And so he sees him as not a man. Like it was very much how the camera was treating him and like right. performance choice. And I didn't get that. I didn't, um, that was my least favorite element in the whole movie. I think was, yeah. Like, I don't know, understand what's going on with that. With that I mean, they were probably trying to just differentiate between, you know, the Northman's physical capability and other people's like, ego without being capable but it 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 read weird that actor however is in uh i recognized him he's he's in writers of justice that movie that i recommended to you um and he's very much a victim and very much sympathetic in that movie so when i saw him kind of playing to those same strengths but to a much different regard i was like oh that's Weird. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, the fact that uh, I think the three movies I saw in a row in the theaters, like not in a row in a row, but like three movies I saw this year in theaters, The Northman, The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, are all like ultimately about how you need to make a choice that moves you away from nihilism and towards something constructive. (laughs) And the fact that that's, I wonder if that indicates something going on in our society. It completely does. I mean, do you think maybe, I hope maybe that's commenting on something. Maybe that's a response to something. I think so. Is it just a coincidence? I don't know. I can't, (laughs) I can't figure it out. It's not blatantly obvious. Not sure what's going on there. With the screenwriter, uh, you know, Robert Eggers wrote, uh, co-wrote Nor- The Northmen with Sean, and then uh, the director of Lamb co-wrote Lamb with Sean. What similarities do you see between these two movies? Like, what what do you think Sean brings to this? Characters that are half these two human, movies? half animal. <laughs> or move back and forth true. between the two. Um, Iceland, um, <laughs> pelts, uh, takes a genius to come up with pelts. Yeah. I'm pretty observant. Um, <laughs> wooden, wooden buildings. Well, barns I mean, and lamb barns is and shacks. I'm not saying that an author has to all be about one thing. I mean, that's ludicrous to to propose. But Lamb definitely has a motherhood theme to dwell yeah. on and nature. And then the Northman has a masculine... Like, you could theoretically put Lamb and North, Northman together and say, 
this is what's fucked up about motherhood and nature. And this is what's fucked up about masculinity and nature. You know what I mean? You, you could say, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I have a point really here, but that's an entry to like kind of find some connection between the two. Not that there has to be. It doesn't have to be. Are you? Um, it sounds like you're speculating on Sean's relationship with his parents. Perhaps <laughs> something going on there. I don't know. Well, something with his interests. You know where your interests. Where? Well, then again, I don't know enough. About, I don't know enough about Sean, nor I know nothing. These two directors to know what's coming from whom. You know. Is one just a craftsman assisting the other person's vision? Or is one the, you know, is he the driving force? I don't know. I have no idea. Me neither. Well, we've really cleared up a lot here. But then, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to quote from uh, um, Miller's Crossing. Okay. When I say... Jesus, Tom, I, I didn't mean nothing by it. I was just speculating on a hypothesis. I didn't mean nothing by it. Would you like a <laughs> pillow for your head? <laughs> but that's the great thing about film. This is why we do this. So I will say, despite all the questions and everything uh, I had, I would... Thank all the people involved for providing us these two works of art. They were yeah. definitely worthwhile and rich uh, thought pieces uh, and, a, and a good use of my time. So I have no complaints. I Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get to writing the thank you note to all of them. <laughs> Probably me but, neither. Yeah. Me neither. No, I, I, you know, positive reviews for both movies. Uh, if if I, I'm like a lamb, four star Northman, maybe three and a half star. Oh uh, yeah, I'm uh, so on a five star scale. I had lamb at three. I think I did Northman at four and a half, just because I was so into the visuals and like the kind of um, <sighs> I don't know, like tour of like the historic tour aspect of it. If I felt like a tourist to. Uh, period and a place that I'd never want to live in and that was fine with me um, I liked how short the volcano fight was yeah it was already too long yeah. we, were, like, we were done yeah we need to drag this on I'm like okay yeah better than uh, Revenge of the Sith good job I was thinking of Revenge of the Sith like, high ground did not come into it <laughs> it did not come into it no. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. Just behead and heart. Like make this brutal, like, you know, the people with swords should hit each other once in a while and it should hurt. Yeah. It should look like it's hard. This fight should look like it's hard it to should, do. And because you get those big-ass swords, it's probably not going to last very long. <laughs> Someone's going to land something pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, stupid question. When they do the sequel... Are you thinking, what would you rather see? Like the Eastman? Oh, the Westman. Westman, like Wild West? Like the Cowboys? North Woman. Oh, the North, North Woman. Babies. North Babies. Jim Henson's Northman Babies. Yeah. Well, well, Robert Eggers, Bob Eggers. 
Bob Eggers, Bob Eggers North Babies. Northman Babies. That's what I want to see. I want to see all their children in a uh, orphanage run by a woman who we only see her yeah. calf high socks. Amleth with his baby father <laughs> turning into puppies. <laughs> turning into exactly. <laughs> Northman Babies. North That'd babies. be great. North babies. All right. That's the sketch we have to write and record now. And produce. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I just said that was fun, didn't I? All right. Well, we're writing and, uh, writing and producing the North Babies. Bob Eggers' North Babies. Uh, <laughs> I can't even say it. Bob Eggers' North Babies. Show. Uh, 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 tell us what you think. What did you think about Lamb? What did you think about the Northmen? Write us at any one of our social media platforms, which are Twitter, Facebook, and email. The only one that's still good. Yeah, you watched it wrong, which was you. The letter you watched it wrong. Uh, Facebook, you, you fuck Facebook. Who gives a shit? Yeah, and well, fuck Twitter. Twitter's pretty much at the be same a piece time. Of shit pretty soon too. So just just write just us email an email. Us. Like on. just email us. Come you on. You watched it wrong at happypanic.net. Just do it. Just do just it. We want to hear from you. You put remember like we used to. Yeah, there's a two field. There's a f- subject field. All this, all these features that Facebook and Twitter don't have. They haven't figured out how to implement that yet. It's been. It's right there in email, and you don't have. You can just type and keep typing. You you, you can just keep typing. You can you attach a you file. Think. Yeah. You can send us a virus. <laughs> There's so much you can do. It doesn't mean we'll catch it, but you can send it to us. And if you were wondering when Judy Dench was going to show up with the digital butthole, you watched it wrong. You know the great quote about Judy Dench about her, how she looked in her costume. No, how she looked like five foxes fucking. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>